0: Welcome to the Mexican Soccer Show. It's been a while. It's been uh, quite some time since we last recorded, but we're finally back to talk all things Mexican football here in our latest episode. And on today, we're going to dive into El 3's latest roster, the first ever uh, roster selected by head coach Jimmy Lozano. And helping me do that, like usual, is Lizzie. Lizzie, how are you doing?
1: Hello. Happy to be back in all things Mexican football. Yeah, just glad to get into it all.
0: Lizzie we talked about it before we started recording but before we talk L3 you gotta you gotta tell the listeners how the how the women's world cup was how, how how did that go for you
1: it was great I I honestly didn't expect to miss Mexico so much at a world cup and I realized that I think yeah. two weeks into it um where everybody and all the traveling fans kind of had like little culture moments and dances and the food and the the porras and and everything to that extent and i realized wow i don't think i'd experience something on obviously on the ground without mexico and yeah it was a huge it was a huge absence but otherwise the tournament was amazing the matildas were so inspiring i think i was at the stadium against um denmark where they filled Stadium Australia with 75,000 fans. And that was, I think, one of my best sporting moments ever. But yeah, it was good. And now I'm ready to get into CONCACAF because I
0: missed I it. I know. It's fun stuff, isn't it? But really quickly, what was the best thing that you had to eat out there?
1: Ooh. Ooh, this is so many.
0: I know. I'm putting you on the spot here. But it's,
1: okay. <laughs> I'm going to get so judged for this. But... My favorite thing in the entire world, like, favorite zero control is bread and butter. Like, that's my favorite thing, in the just
0: world. just just bread, bread and, and butter. butter, just like
1: a good baguette and then butter. I didn't okay. know New Zealand was famous for their dairy products, their wow. butter was so good. And I found this bakery next to my hotel with like the best bread, so every morning I had a baguette and butter
0: just it's just bread and butter i mean i i I mean i get it like it's not like you know when you're at a restaurant you eat like bread yeah it's like tasty but like i mean that's got to be good bread i guess and butter
1: i want to say it's like art it was artisanal i don't know i didn't realize new zealand was like famous for all these things and their well their cappuccinos were also phenomenal so i will say the coffee and the bread and butter i'm a simple gal
0: (laughs) did you try any mexican food out there was there mexican food out there
1: I did. I tried one um, in New Zealand in Auckland. It was, I like makeshift tacos. Um, okay. It it was good. It was good food. It just wasn't Mexican food, but it was good. Right. Food. So.
0: I'm you know. curious, just because, like, because when I went to Qatar, I've talked about it with you, but like. I was like, I'm gonna find Mexican food as a joke, and then it ended up being so good that I somehow convinced ESPN to let me write an article about <laughs> Mexican food guitar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh,
1: it's interesting because there was like several Hispanic communities in New Zealand and several in, in Australia, but Mexican wasn't predominant. So like the food was very much like Tex Mex, but right. it was, like, twist, because it wasn't obviously okay. like Tex Tex Mex. Um, so like very heavy on like the margarita vibe.
0: OK. But I, I love good s- margarita, s-
1: so it was good food.
0: I see <laughs> what you mean. Awesome. And I, think I, I think I see what you mean now. <laughs> but all right, as much as I, and I feel like we, we talk about food every now and then on this podcast, as much as I, was like, I would like to continue talking about food and Mexican food uh, abroad. Let's dive into Mexico's roster. They're going to be taking part in two friendlies this month. Jimmy Lozano, this is his first ever roster. Technically, he called up 24 players, but Cordova, uh, he had an injury issue, so it's now down to 23 players. Lizzie, immediately, mm-hmm. what thoughts came to mind when you saw this roster that was released from Mexico last week?
1: Um, I think excited. I maintain that the decision to hire Jimmy as the permanent head coach ushers in a new era. And I think this mm-hmm. is the first chapter of this new book being written by the Mexican national team. So I'm intrigued and I'm excited. Um, With that, I was relieved to see several figures stay in Europe. I think that's yes. a mistake that many previous head coaches would make, which is bringing these figures out of their club teams for a friendly match that doesn't necessarily make any impact and kind of make them start on the wrong foot, especially when right after the transfer market. So leaving Jorge Sanchez with Porto, who I think he's been there, what, a day, um, was a phenomenal choice. Um, Cesar Montes as well. Um, And also Chupi Lozano, who is back at PSV, so leaving them all to kind of fend for themselves at these new clubs get well adjusted, understand their new situation. And so they could get minutes and then eventually make a greater impact with the Mexican national team. I thought was such a smart decision and one that left me relieved and excited, I guess, is the word yeah. that we're understanding this new idea. But within the actual team, there's a lot of new figures. I'm excited to see. I, I told um, Cesar before, I had my little notebook of notes. What um, <laughs> I wrote notes. <laughs> just like two or three names. Um, obviously, Chiquete Orozco, Jordi Cortizo, and um, Cesar Huerta, which are just the new figures to watch. And two of the three's ages makes it ever more exciting because they're under 23 years old. So let's start them fresh.
0: Yeah, and I agree with the, the players abroad. Because, for example, I mean... Tecatito Corona. I mean, he was working on making the move to Rayados, so it makes sense like why he should be called up. Luis Chávez too. We gotta add him in there because he, you know, moved to Russia. Make of that what you will about joining Dynamo Moscow, but uh, makes sense why he was going to be in the roster. And also Arteaga, because of course there were there were no lack of rumors about him possibly uh, uh, leaving uh, Gank. Uh, obviously, he's still uh, sticking around with the team, but I think. Because of the possibility of him being traded, that's why they left him out. So that's why some of those big names are missing from the squad. But like like you said, though, like I think considering that those options are not uh, in the squad, I actually think this is a decent roster. I think you can make an argument for certain players who are left out. But like you said, I like the idea of Chiquete, Chiquete Orozco in there. I like the idea that they, even though he is kind of making a name for himself uh, with Las Palmas, I do like seeing Julian Aralco there. Um, because I think he still has a lot to offer there for Mexico at the right back position. Um, great to see Raúl Menez back too, because um, yeah. it looks like things are getting a little bit better with Fulham. Yeah. And and also, I mean, I think what stood out to me too was the addition of Ace Ace. I personally, I'm not gonna say as okay, okay. Um, <laughs> so I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say I would have done that. I, I guess I'm. It stood out to me. As probably one of the things I wouldn't have done um, if I you know, if I was Jimmy Lozano. I think that, yes, Ace Ace is looking like he's having a decent season with the Dynamo. Dynamo, obviously, you know, doing well to the, themselves, too. Yes, Ace Ace is a former captain uh, for L3, but I think that Mexico just needs to move on from, I think, from aging players like that. and I And, and it was a little disappointing, too, to to hear him say in a recent press conference too, that uh, they're eventually going to have a a talk with Carlos Vela. Yes, Carlos Vela is an amazing player. I I just think that Mexico looking towards 2026, I think they have to move past the Carlos Velas. Although they have to move past Chicharito. Charito. They have to move past. Maybe you give them, maybe the three of them and some other players get some sort of goodbye game, you know, Uh, but I don't know. I, 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 I think it's, I think that's one of the negatives for me. I, I, like you said, I like most of this call-up. I think that there are a lot of decent options here. But and I know that Lozano did say in a press conference that you know regardless of age, he's going to call players up. But I just think Mexico needs to move past players like Achi. Achi. And yes, he represents a lot to Old Three. But I just I just don't agree with him being back in the mix. I don't think to be fair though, I don't think he's going to get. Two consecutive starts. I wouldn't be surprised if he was only a bench player, but I don't know. I just I just just don't like the addition or the return of Aceace. And I maybe I, he'll prove me wrong though.
1: I mean, I listen, I I understand. I just wouldn't group the Vela situation with ace I think That's fair. I completely agree. I think Carlos Vela and that situation needs to be put to rest. To me, however, I think that reads more of like a PR strategy from the Mexican national team, t- yeah. like trying to reconstruct something that the, they felt the fans felt was extremely broken and kind of repairing something that was never really repaired. It was kind of just like glossed yeah, over and there was a lot of media and not a lot of opinions about it, but never really talked over or smoothed over by both parties involved. So I think to yeah. me that was kind of like the new bridge. I don't necessarily think Carlos Vela is going to play for the Mexican national team anytime soon. And I don't think he'll really form part of any call up. I just think it was a, like kind of reaching their hand out, make way, make peace, and we're done. However, with Ache, Ache, I think there's a point that he is having a phenomenal season with the Dynamo and he's become an integral part of Ben Olsen's team. I do think that he was unfairly cut off from the Mexican national team in a way that like no one really saw coming and I'm not I'm not saying that he's grandfathered in or there's a legacy but there is some sort of respect after dedicating the majority of your career to the team and leading the Mexican national team the way that he did. Um, so including him now especially in friendlies when again there's no true impact is a way of saying thank you whether he features as a starter in both games or not I think the meaning is still there and I think it's a way of smoothing over a situation that felt rude um, prior and it also works on Jimmy Lozano's to bring in a leader to complement Ochoa and have someone in the midfield and It's interesting. And I spoke with both Acheche and Ben Olsen about each other. It's hilarious. They have like the most amazing relationship, but one doesn't speak English and the other one doesn't speak Spanish. So it's just, it's phenomenal. Um, But Ben Olsen was complimenting Acheche for the player that he is. He said he's selfish. He's a leader. I can foresee him being a coach in the near future. I mean, he, he really is one of the most selfless players I've ever seen. And I think bringing that energy to the Mexican national team when there's so many like new faces, new dynamics within the team, just new players. I think it's so beneficial for all parties involved. So I'm, I was quite happy to see his inclusion and and I'm excited whether or not he gets minutes or not. I'm excited to see him in that shirt.
0: No, those are some good points about the dynamic player from the Dynamo. Sorry, they just me the But yeah, no, but those are some good points. But overall, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the roster. And we'll dive into, you know, position p- position uh, later on in the pod. But I think another thing we need to bring up is Julian Quiñones. So he is going to be training with L3 from the 4th through the 7th. Uh, press release from the FMF so that he is close to finalizing his paperwork to be eligible for L3, but... He's not gonna take part in the upcoming friendlies. But that said, he's wearing he's wearing the training kit. It's he he's all obviously committed to L3. And, you know, Lizzie, you've already said the word excited, you know, a couple of times, but yeah. obviously you gotta be excited about this. Cause I am no. absolutely thrilled. I cannot tell you how <laughs> thrilled I am. Cause because I think that it's, it's not it's not often that a player who is eligible for L3 and perhaps is the first time ever that a player is eligible for L3, who also is eligible for a national team that is better than Mexico's. And I'm not just saying like, cause you can make the argument about the U S but I think Mexico and the U S kind of go back and forth. Yeah. So we've seen that dual national setup, but I think this is a situation in which, you know, Colombia are obviously better than Mexico, but this player has decided to take a chance on L3. And I think that's, Incredibly thrilling. I'm not going to say exciting. I'm going to say thrilling <laughs> that player would, 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 commit, would commit to Mexico. So your thoughts on, on Quinone's training? Obviously, it's not officially official just yet, but I, he's, he's he's chosen Mexico.
1: Yeah, I, I think that, that same sentiment exists, the choosing of the Mexican national team rather than being tied down by force to some extent or cap-tied or... I don't know. There's a willingness and there's... There's a dearness that he has to the Mexican national team and to Mexico. So, it, yeah, I'm thrilled. I, I think the debate on whether he should be with the Mexican national team or not, those are extremely silly to me. Like when a, yeah. when a player has the choice, as you mentioned, has the choice to play for two teams and chooses one is in some ways more meaningful than the one that was born into a certain team. And that's yeah. been your only path. So um, there's more dedication to it. And you can't be upset if anyone has seen the pictures with him, with the jersey, at, at El Car, el Cinta de rendimiento Like, how can you not smile? He has like a yeah. smile from ear to ear and he's training with everyone. And it's just, it's such a happy moment. And I mean, we're not even bringing up the the topic of like his skill set and what he actually I'm
0: brings surprised. to
1: the Nationals. Yeah. Like, beyond dedication. He's a great player. He is, I believe, 26 years old. So great age, great age range. Um, and we definitely need diversity within that position anyway. So, like, it's a win win. Like, why people, I know people like to be upset and just live upset, but it's a good thing. Let's leave it there.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, to, to say a PG rated version of a of a famous quote you know we we Mexicans are born wherever we want and uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this is and and also this is a thing too we're just like this is a guy whose career started at Mexico when he was in his late teens this is a guy who played in the second division of Mexico this is a guy who has a Mexican family like how how could he not like how how is he not Mexican it's very it's it's it's, it's always really, really confusing to see the argument against him. And to be perfectly honest, I think there's a lot of xenophobia uh, regarding regarding the comments that you see online. It's really disappointing because, like you said, there's also the obvious, obvious factor that he's an incredible player. Like, you look at... I mean, (laughs) we're going to be looking at the squad right now, like, you know, for O3. If he was eligible, would you start Antuna or would you start Quinones (laughs) in one of these games? It's like... It's it's like, it's like a pretty, it's like, I don't know. So, so I'm, I'm very, very excited to see him there. My guess is that he'll probably, I mean, if they're finalizing stuff, he'll probably be ready um, by October is my guess, but, but still I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm, I'm absolutely hyped to see him there and I'm ready to see what he can do for all three because we really need a player of his caliber and we really, because especially since you think about Mexico's winger options and you think about, you know, what happens when Tecatito is not in, in form? And Tecatito's getting a little bit older, too, and he's coming back to Liga What happens when Chucky has injury issues? Then you do have to rely... Yes, Odabellin's a fantastic player, but on the other on the other wing is Antuna. And yes, Antuna, he's a good Liga player, and obviously, you he know, might he... Be a
1: great substitute. Like, exactly. I'm not writing yeah. off, but... Yeah. And it's also a point to say that for some reason... Mexican national team players in those positions are cursed with injuries. Like, yes, Lainez is not in the team right now. He's not in camp. He's injured. Anduna has faced injuries. Chuki has faced so many injuries. They Tegatito, not at the World Cup. So, like, who are we to limit our options yeah. when we desperately need them? And yeah, your point about Mexicans being born everywhere yes, they are. And who are we to say who's Mexican and who's not?
0: Exactly. And the thing is, too, is who actually does get to say that um if we're talking from the legality aspect, it's the, the government. Mexican government. And guess what? He's about to get that paperwork that <laughs> yeah. says he is yeah. So it's like if there is actually someone, if if we're like, all right, fine, we can say that like one organization, one group can say who is Mexican, who's not Mexican, like he's about to be legally Mexican. I don't know. It's it, it it bothers me a lot um when I see uh, a lot of people who are against it for like I said, for xenophobic reasons. But I think once he once he's on the field, once he's making an impact, I think he's gonna shut a lot of people up, and I'm really looking forward uh, to that moment.
1: Yeah, let him score his first goal. I want to see who doesn't right. celebrate.
0: Exactly, exactly. All right. So now, before diving into each position, Lizzie, let's talk about who is missing from this roster that stands out outside of you know the Yudel Bales who had to you know deal with their trades, but who comes to mind when you think about someone who probably. Should have got an opportunity here or got a return and, and and they're not in the mix.
1: I think honestly, for the first time, no one. No one. No one. I think I think things were done in a very interesting way that things were planned out. I think you have a lot of young players who many argue should be with the Mexican national team senior team. And they're currently with the under-23 squad, obviously. You have the right. Rosa, you have Victor Guzman, you have Fidel Ambris, you have Eric Lira. You have so many figures under-23 who are currently training with the um, under-23 squad. And we can safely assume that the two teams, as they are currently together in the guard, are training together. And again, realistically, they have the Panamericanos and they have friendlies coming up. And these young players wouldn't get minutes with the senior team had they been called up so it's of more use to them and in the future the senior team for them to be in that place currently now in the senior team again i i completely agree with leaving the european figures out and those who just made their necessary moves i'm happy with that um i'm upset with certain injuries but you can't change that fade obviously right. Acevedo, who i'd love to see in the national team again and you have. And the and you have Córdoba who again, again, Cordova. But <laughs> but obviously injuries the timing isn't great. But otherwise, I don't think there's one particular figure who I think is like in dire need to be under Dino Sano. And I'm excited to see fresh faces. I'm excited to see new faces, some returning. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I think we're widening our scope in something we hadn't done for so long that I'm not necessarily bothered by the exclusion of someone.
0: I think the only name, I think the most prominent name that comes to mind is Omar Campos. Um, I'm not saying he's had the best season. And I think that unfortunately for him, you know, Chiquete Orozco um, has been looking better recently. And obviously you know, you're not going to have Gallardo out of the mix. Like at this moment, like Gallardo is, you know, a guaranteed uh, for Mexico at that left back position. I think, yeah, but yeah, I think Omar Campos would have possibly be, been in there uh, for me. Maybe another name, and maybe I'm missing something here. And I know he didn't start the last game. Maybe there's an injury that I completely missed. But Oziel Herrera, um, unless if there was some sort of injury that I, I'm, I'm aware of, but I, he didn't start the last game. So maybe it's someone someone that I that I overlook, but. That's also someone who kind of uh, comes to mind. But I think I, I think ideally, after the injury, injury for Cordova, I would have liked if they would have brought in someone like Omar Campos. I know you would then have, what, three left backs in this call-up. But I think it would just be good for a player, a young player of that caliber to kind of still be in the mix because he wasn't um, in the uh, call-up for the recent U23s yeah. either. Because like you said, because I think there are certain players who... Um, who you would understand being like, okay, you know, Victor Guzman, why is he in there? Oh, he's with the U23s. Same thing with Fidel Ambriz, but I don't know. I'm a little. I think I think I would like to see Omar Campos in there.
1: I think um with Herrera, uh, if I'm not wrong, I think he got like a nick, um, in a muscle or something. So probably like probably the decision not to call him would have been that. Otherwise, yeah, that would have been a standout name, especially because he's yeah. already been. With the senior team so it's not necessarily a new face that he would get to know but someone would be returning um but yeah if we're not wrong I believe that's injury related um Omar Campos I, I understand I I just I'm not convinced right um I wouldn't mean. necessarily argue for his inclusion I think had he been included I'd been okay with it it would have been like a decent sure but i'm not overly upset again especially because it's just a september friend like two september yep. friendly then in october we have another window and then we have more time um after that so and given it's the first one under jimmy Lozano, i think it was necessarily well-rounded and well done um and there's opportunity for more i think we're so used to this like immediateness of results and calling up and everything because we don't know what's going to happen next and we don't know quickly they're going to get fired. And sure, we have been traumatized and there's a reason for our thinking given previous patterns, but I do think this is a four-year structure or yeah. three-year structure under Jimmy Lozano. So it might look slow, But as that very cheesy saying, it's like the days are slow and the years are fat, you know? So I think like each call up might be to this extent, like we might see new faces. We might be confused about certain exclusions, but I just think he wants to get to know everybody. And and in September, it's the perfect time to do that. It's great.
0: It's great. And the weather's nice. They're probably going to barbecue. Are they going to have a sleepover? What's the movie that they're going to watch while they all like, hang out I'm just kidding (laughs)
1: all right well let's
0: let's dive into position by position so we're going to do goalkeepers defenders midfielders and forwards from Mexico's roster let's start with the goalkeepers and columns are Ochoa Malagón Antonio Rodriguez so for me I mean it's 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 quite obvious the 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 importance that Ochoa has with L3 and we're seeing what he's doing abroad with Salern, uh, Salernitana um Salernitana I think that's how it is you would think that I would know how to pronounce it but clearly I don't know how to pronounce that but obviously it's still a vital figure for Mexico going forward and then after that are you is there a part of you that feels a little worried about the lack of reliable depth after after Ochoa?
1: Not really. Um, not right now. Okay. I think if the World Cup was in a couple months, yeah. But no, not right now. I think we have a, a long road ahead and a lot of opportunities to give. For example, I think this time around, I would place Ochoa against Australia and then Malahua against the Uzbek. Um, just to have a little bit of turnover. And obviously that means I rate um, Madelon over Tony Rodriguez, which I think is understandable. Um, but obviously you also have Acevedo into the mix once he returns right. from injury. And I'm sure there'll be international windows and friendlies coming up where Ochoa won't make the final roster and he'll be, let's hoping, fighting for the league trophy. And so Jimmy will be like, stay in Italy. We'll call someone else. And they'll have turnovers, they'll have opportunities and goals. So I think it's safe to say we have a trustworthy first option and some good like option B's to test out on the road to Mexico, U.S. and Canada. Feels Austria. weird saying road to Qatar.
0: I know, right? Also, did you say that O'Choa possibly fighting for a league trophy? Are you saying right now, Lizzie's saying that Salernitana is going so. to win I, the Serie A title? I'm going to
1: live in one where O'Choa <laughs> wins a trophy.
0: The Serie A title given to Salernitana, a Serie A team which I'll I'll be honest, I was like when O'Choa signed with them I was like, "Oh, they're a Serie A team." I guess that says a lot about how 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 close I pay attention to Serie A. <laughs> but do you is there I guess maybe it's it's more so I, ideally I guess for me it's like I look at this squad or I look at the uh the goalkeeper options and yes with the recognition that Acevedo is injured but ideally it's like okay you have Ochoa the veteran Malagon you know he's a you know, 26 you know 27 but obviously he's gonna be like an up-and-coming option and then I I guess maybe for me, ideally after that, there'd be some sort of promising twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three-year-old name. And maybe that's a wider problem for L3 in general. And there's just a part of me that <laughs> it's almost like a part of me that dies a little bit, or just like, oh, like Antonio Rodriguez, like and he's you know what? He's 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 worthy of getting call-ups. He's he's been pretty impressive, uh, what he's done. I think he's really like found a little bit of a renaissance in his career. But just it feels like it's like once again, L3, we're having to have a backup backup you know that's that, that's in their 30s and that i just really wish it would be a young option i guess maybe that's my that's that that is my ultimate and a feeling of frustration with l3 is that you would have like hopefully by now you would have had someone in their early 20s that would be right there um who would be like a, a guaranteed option i don't know maybe i'm reading into it too much what are your thoughts lizzie no.
1: I do think the conversation of goalkeepers is different when it comes to age. I think their plateau isn't necessarily the same as what would be a strikers. Um, and that's why we see more mature goalkeepers stay in the game for a lot longer. Like Buffon just obviously retiring, like at a older, closer to 40. Um, yeah. And obviously why we have a trust still in the game. I think being worried is it's, it's Valid to be worried to not have the, a 21-year-old figure, but I do think to some extent that's a problem for the future. Like, we don't know in five yeah. years' time who may be up and coming, and in five years, Malagón would be the successor to Ochoa for the next five years. And who knows? The next great Mexican goalkeeper right now is still in under-14 academy. Like, I don't know. I think I think we're so worried about the next step that we're not – Enjoying where we are right now, which is the fact that we have some good options, and we have—I mean, Tony Rodríguez—I would consider the fourth option, which at that point you don't really ever really need. Um, and Sure, um, Asad is getting a little bit older, but you have Malagón who's in that sweet spot. So I don't know. I'm not—I'm not necessarily worried about the goalkeeping option, even. Mm-hmm if Ochoa for some reason decided to retire next year, I think we, we'd still be, we'd still be okay. And considering our back line, which I know we're going to get to next, but considering mm-hmm. our back line, I, I, I'm okay with our goalkeeping options.
0: Well, see, the thing is, is uh, you know, it's more my personality trait, but <laughs> I'm, always, I'm, o- I'm always worrying, Lizzie. I'm, I'm, I'm always okay, worrying. Oh I have just, so much I, anxiety. Just, just constantly worrying, just... Um, What do I eat for dinner after this? Should I... What does that that mean for Mexico's goalkeeper situation? What about tomorrow? Anywho, Lizzie, let's now move on to the defenders. So at left back, we got Gallardo and Orozco. We have the central defenders of Johan Vasquez, Angulo, Tiva Sepulveda. And at right back, uh, we have Kevin Alvarez and Julian Araujo. What are your thoughts on the defensive line for Mexico?
1: I'm good. I'm... It seems. Oh, not
0: ex- not excited, but good. Well,
1: no, it it seems like like an experiment to me, which is more intriguing, I guess. Um, obviously, the would be like center back pairing for me is Johanna and Cesar Montes, and and obviously Montes is not here. Um, so having to get it as an option to come in and test that out is great. Um, but in that position, it does seem like substitutes, like you're testing out. Yeah a plan B which I it, again is great to have and widen your options and in the case of an emergency again good I'm not necessarily seeing them as starters in any like official competition so yeah. it's I'm not I don't want to say I'm not taking it as seriously it's just not as dire as mm-hmm. if we would head like headed into gold cup um at right I'm always excited to see the competition between um, Julian Arajo and Kevin Alvarez. Kevin, who's played really, really well for Club America. Yeah. I know he had a little dip um, before with Pachuca and stopped getting called up to the national team, but he picked right back up. And I've always said the competition between those two only benefit the team and them too to improve. So that's yeah. really, really great. Um, yeah, I think it's just experimental. It's interesting, I think. We we shall see what happens, but it never hurts to try, especially in a friendly.
0: I I appreciate your optimism. Uh, <laughs>
1: You're full <laughs> so that I... optimism.
0: <laughs> Kinda, yeah.
1: Okay, <laughs> that's sweet.
0: <laughs> but uh, when I'm looking at this backline, assuming that, assuming that Mexico is probably, I mean. The guess is they're probably going to play the str- the star like the stronger eleven against Australia and probably go yeah. with some backups in, in Uzbekistan. So I think recognize that I'll probably have Gallardo, you know, on as left back, Vasquez and Thiba as the central defenders, and then at right back. That's the thing where I'm. I think for me it's easy to choose left back central defenders, but I still don't know. And like I said, it, it's it's a good thing um, to have this problem from Mexico. And like you know, we're we're not even including you know you know, at right back, someone like Jorge Sanchez too, you know, which makes the conversation right. even more interesting for, for Mexico at right back. But I'm still not sure who I prefer as a starting right back, assuming that Mexico's going to play a stronger 11 uh, this weekend. I, I would think so he can go back to Europe and not, you know, and he can kind I of still continue starts. adjusting with Las Palmas. I think I would start Araujo this weekend, but, but I am really, I am really curious to see how that battle goes in the, in that right back position.
1: I think they're they're well-balanced out. I think I wouldn't necessarily make the case that one is better or stronger overall than the other. I think they both have their strengths, like getting maybe better defensively, whereas Arauco is is more threatening going forward.
0: And hey, you almost um, scored over the weekend.
1: I know. So – so, obviously, I mean, I know it sounds so beige saying like, "Oh my God, they both have their strengths and weaknesses, but it really <laughs> depends on what the game plan is for each game and and how their strength fits into that idea. So obviously, against Australia, if Jimmy wants to just push forward all the time and not actually think of defense, I'd put andolf if he wants to test out the like defensive dynamics with his backline, maybe I'd put um Ga so, yeah, I'm also intrigued to know how that'll work out, I but I don't think the choice is as definitive as it may seem.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, agreed. Agreed. So now let's look at the midfielders. Now I'm thinking, maybe looking more so at the central midfielders. So we have Eric Sanchez, Cortizo, Edson Alvarez, Romo, Charlie, and Ache. Ache. Lizzie, your thoughts on these options? Obviously, if needed, Piojo Alvarado and also Orbelin uh, can also play in the the center of uh, the field if needed. But your thoughts on the midfield? Also, what would your starting midfield three be uh, this weekend?
1: I think first and foremost, I want to give all the credit in the world to Edson Alvarez and the fact that he's getting worldwide recognition. The amount of tweets I've seen like, West Ham got a steal for and watching, I swear, watching English. Try to say "el machine" with it. With every penny of him going to West Ham, and also it's
0: pretty time. funny too because they're just like, "Oh, it's clearly they mean like the machine." It's like, "Well, yeah, the it's machine." Not, it's like not, not really. It's like macho machis, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's like, he's like, "I'll take it." Yeah,
1: but it's not. But it's not that. No, um, yeah, I've just seen. I've just seen so many tweets like he was a steal. He's phenomenal. He's so great, and Guerrero. So. Watching him thrive so quickly at West Ham is something I feel all, or not all, but most Mexican national team supporters or followers knew could happen, but the rest of the world did not, and obviously something that Ajax tried to limit. So I've been very excited watching him at West Ham, and I don't know. and I feel like it opens up, like, a new –
0: What's it, like, a new sky? No, but, like, sets sets the bar higher, too. A new ceiling. Yeah.
1: He's, like, he hit a new ceiling. Um, He's ready to, like, bring that into the national team. So I would get him starting against Australia, and nothing else matters.
0: (laughs) Also, I'm so – I mean, if (laughs) you want to talk about that, like, I'm so – so there's a weird feeling that I haven't had in a while. But, like, do you remember, like – well and it's not, it's not close to this level just yet like yeah. let's let's be real but like when Chicharito was doing well at Manchester United or yeah. when Raul Jimenez was doing well with yeah. like Wolves and there was like you get this like immense pride yeah. and i feel really excited because i'm like oh we might get that this season with Edson Alvarez we might get that where he's going to be potentially man of the match like for several games because he was man of the match last weekend yeah. but for several games for an elite. I'm not gonna say. It, I was gonna say elite team. I gotta be careful with my words there. For, for for a team for you. team for team in an elite league for what is arguably the best league in the world. Yes. And for for a player, you know, for for a Mexican player able to do that, you feel this immense. Yeah, like I so this immense like kind of pride. And I'm really looking forward to. And hopefully, we're gonna get into Raúl Jiménez. We get a little bit of that too with Raúl Jiménez because It looks like there's a possibility there with the way that he's been playing with Fulham and it looks like it's it's looking good but obviously with with Edson Alvarez it's on a different level and yeah I just I'm I'm suddenly more excited to to watch the the Premier League cuz sometimes yeah. you know there are mo- there are moments too where just like I just i mean not going to lie like sometimes I completely overlook the Premier League because you know cuz sometimes it's just like Rodri Jimenez on the bench and you're like well all right um, I guess maybe I'll you catch some sort of you know five minutes of a big game next weekend but that's about it but when you have a Mexican doing well in the league it just I don't know it's just it's a it's a different level of just uh of pride and excitement and just ah man yeah here's to Edson yeah. hopefully continue to do well
1: yeah and I think as opposed to like Chicharita United and having Raul in Wolves it's a little bit more exciting to me just because it's a less flashy position like Yeah, I know it seems silly and there's no necessarily more merit to it, but someone in the midfield winning man in the match is like, you have to do so much more than a striker who, and I'm not saying what's more worthy in a match, but it it obviously any goal scoring situation may overshadow a great defensive play. Um, And that's not to say one's greater than the other, but it's so exciting to watch it's on do so well and bring that skill set. and We've been all saying this, that he's so yes. great. And so getting that validation from the rest of the world that, oh yeah, you, you were right. And it's just like, yeah, I know I was right. Like he's so good and he's showing <laughs> off. And I've always said one of the most exciting things about a player is the, his ability to adapt. And obviously we said it with Santi Jimenez who just keeps scoring yes. goals and just doesn't stop. Um, but having its own adapt to uh, arguably the best league in the world in the matter of one game um, yeah. is is just great. And I think hopefully that paves the way for more Mexicans into the Premier League and leaving obviously that good legacy behind, as so many have done. But for now, I'm extremely excited to what he can bring back to la selección Mexicana. So again Nothing else matters. Pring. It's an <laughs> field. No one else well,
0: matters. Since well, since you were supporting him earlier in the pod, do you feel just as excited about Achi Ache? Are you just like, yes? Welcome back, Achi Ache. Let's go. On the same level yes. as the, it's an Is that is that how you're you feeling? Yes, really? but
1: not to the starting eleven. Like my excitement <laughs> is with Ache, Ache is so much more well-rounded to like on and off the field, whereas it's when I'm like get into the field. Side tackle, we've seen you do it in the Premier League, do it again, uh situation. But for example, I am extremely excited or hopeful that Ace Ace will go back to the locker room and just um, hang out with Edson again and kind of pass the torch in what a leadership style in the midfield can look like. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if Edson has had those conversations directly, but he's getting to a point in his national team career where he's looked to as the person of experience, the one to look out for, the leader, the voice you listen to when shouting. Um, And once upon a time, that was also Ache Ache. So if they can sit down or have that sort of transition of power, that you see, yeah, that you see every four years at the White House um, or the transition
0: have- power. Wow, I can't believe you just brought the White House into this. I know,
1: I know, uh, is- but no, yeah, just have like that, like transition of power in the midfield because it's very different having Ochoa try to explain to Edson what a leader looks like on the field when you're in goal and in a very unique situation as opposed to an outfield player. So, yeah, having him there for that role is extremely exciting, but very different to what I would consider Edson
0: um, to be. Th- but who would your starting three be oh, this weekend? Know. Are you putting Ache Ache?
1: I don't in, know. In I, I want to hear your first.
0: I think I would nice. do Eric Sanchez <laughs> as the left center mid, okay. Edson as a defensive midfielder, and then Luis Romo as the right center mid. I want to immediately okay. say Charlie Rodriguez, um, but I think Romo's done a decent job. That's kind of like a box to box figure, and he's done. He did that during the Gold Cup, and I think he plays at a different level under Jimmy Lozano. I think Jimmy Lozano has a little bit more faith in him too. Yeah. I think. I think. I think he's decent as kind of like a box to box like midfielder, especially under Lozano. And we saw the impact that Romo had uh, during the Gold Cup. So I know Romo isn't the most popular option, but considering the mid, considering this roster and considering the options, I think I would do yeah, Eric Sanchez. Edson Alvarez or Romo. Also, I mean, if we really want to be more attack-minded, um, you know, Eric Sanchez, Edson, and then Cortizo. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, I think I think I would give the start to Romo first.
1: I would do Chiquito Sanchez, Edson, and Cortizo for Uzbekistan. Mm-hmm. And I would include Romo against Australia. I really, really like Chiquito Sanchez under Jim Osano. Like,
0: oh, yeah. oh, it's, yeah.
1: it's a potential. I don't think other Um, Head coaches had untapped previously. So I would have him in there no matter what. Um, Charlie, I've been, I think, steadily disappointed by. Um, So I would leave out. Plus his red card in the last match kind of caused a kerfuffle in my household. Some arguing it should (laughs) have been a red. Others arguing it should have. So for the fights he caused... Here, I'm going to leave him
0: out. Um, just just for purely personal reasons. You're like, you know what? I didn't like that. It, it's just, yeah. You know, you know, I, we, we, like, he
1: made us fight, so. This this
0: is this is our pod. We get to, you get to say whatever, you know, like, you can have whatever stance you want. Be like, you know what? Charlie Rodriguez is not going to get the start. No. Because no? It, it started an argument in my home over the weekend.
1: Polarizing. It was a polarizing red. Um, I'll let people guess whether I thought it was a red or not, but, <laughs> but, um, no, it, like even on, in national team, like I've been steadily disappointed. I think he yeah. doesn't give what he once did I, in terms of power, athleticism, threat, and the attack. I just think he's been quite mediocre and that's worked in the past, but it doesn't anymore. Like it doesn't cut it anymore, really. So. Yeah.
0: And he's not a young player anymore. T- I like I feel like sometimes we still think of him as this like player in his early twenties and he's still like making a name for himself. It's like, no, he's he's twenty six now. You know, he's supposed to be close to like getting close to like the peak of his abilities and it's just like and he's like I don't know, I, I definitely feel like a little let down by Charlie Rodriguez too. I think he's still worthy of a call up. I don't know if I'd be giving him consistent starts, but But yeah, agreed on Charlie Rodriguez. But let's move on to the winger. Oh, were you going to say something else?
1: Well, just the conversation of whether he should be called up or not, I think that's that's when it becomes worrying, and that's why these rosters are so important to me in that opening up and widening your options, whereas if you don't, you genuinely believe that Charlie Rodriguez is a national team player because you don't compare him within the same context. I mean, we like to say and compare players when um, they're playing regular season matches, not even against each other. So you really are not putting them head to head in a fair setting. So having Cortizo having so many more younger options to fight in the same context, I think yeah. may signal to Jimmy Lozano, like he, Chavez Rodriguez has become stagnant really. And so no longer a player
0: oh sorry. i sorry accidentally yeah. clicked the wrong button there because guess what this is our first pod in about a month I accidentally stopped my cam for a second there but anywho sorry lizzie that <laughs> cut you off there with that technical difficulty
1: no i was like oh my god he got so offended that i called chave rodriguez like stagnant that he's leaving <laughs>
0: No, it's because this is our first pod in a while. And uh, I tried to click on settings and I clicked on stop cam because no. I still have no idea what I'm doing. But let's move on to the wingers. Hopefully they know what they're doing. Uh, Lizzie, we have Orbelin. We have Lexis Vega. We have Cesar Huerta, who I'm very excited about. Uh, Antuna and also Piojo Alvarado. So Lizzie, your thoughts on the wingers? Because, I mean, some usual names there, but Cesar Huerta, I think well-deserved and I'm really excited to see what he has to offer.
1: Yeah, I would play him against um, Uzbekistan, for sure. Um, and obviously, I know I think we've <laughs> we've signaled out what Uzbekistan is going to be, which is a giant experiment for the Mexican national team in terms of their lineup. And I don't want to necessarily say it'll be a weaker lineup. I just think it'll be one to test out.
0: I mean, we could say that it's a... What's wrong with saying that it could be a weaker lineup? I mean, I just, like,
1: because I don't think it'll be weaker because... Because we don't know. Like, we right. don't know what these pairings look like together. And we don't That's know fair. the potential. So, I don't know. Seeing chiquete Orozco and then having Kevin Alvarez maybe just a phenomenal pairing we have no idea because we've never seen before. Yeah. Um, but Uzbekistan friendly gives way for that. So, yeah, I, w- I would start to say Huerta in the game against... Um, Uzbekistan, but against Australia, I'd have Piojo in there.
0: Okay, really? Over... Okay, because I would have Orbelin and Antuna against Australia, but what would you have as your starting wingers? So you would have...
1: I, I do like Orbelin, though. I just don't like Antuna. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, this is once again why we are all hyped about Quiñones because, uh, you know, Antuna, I mean, he's, I mean, he brings something to the national team, right? Like, ideally he would be a, like a plan C, like a plan D, right? Like, we're just like, okay, we've tried one winger, another winger didn't work, but we know Antuna can play, like, very direct, fast soccer, so bring him on as, like, kind of like a backup, backup, backup. And I, I get it. I think I would still I think just be... It's a tough decision. I think I would still start Antuna. Um, I, I think he's had an, a decent, okay season so far. Um, what well, he's already had like, I yeah. guess, three goals, a couple assists, something along those lines. But I get that it's a tough decision. But I would still, I would still give uh, Antuna the chance this weekend.
1: The thing with Antuna, and it becomes in a very similar situation as Charlie the where I'm like a little bit just like constantly disappointed yeah and if you don't call up other options you don't have a comparison point and so he he would still be that national team figure but because we haven't seen anything else so it it's concerning to me that that is our kind of I don't want to say backup, but who we play because of lack of options. Obviously, again, having Lian King Jonas is um, a whole new world. And you can um, <laughs> cue the Little Mermaid here. But for now,
0: da, 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 I know.
1: <laughs> if, if you would hit camera instead of settings, I can't even imagine me trying to, like, bring the theme song to that. Um, <laughs> I, won't, I won't scare people singing. I'll stick to my like soccer opinions. But which also might scare people, but yeah, I am I I definitely scared about,
0: a group of people that we were talking about before we started recording. But we don't have to get into that. Like, <laughs> No, I think, yeah, or- or- sorry,
1: makes I, threw
0: sense. In a, I threw in a weird tangent there, but anyways, <laughs> Orbelin
1: makes sense, Orbelin, Santi, Antuna makes sense, but my focus during the game would never be to Antuna. So that's, I guess, the safest option.
0: Mm. All right, Lizzie, speaking of tangents, for a million points and for the utmost respect of all time, my memory what, is, what is the capital city of Uzbekistan?
1: Oh, oh. Um, you actually know? I, it, it, okay, the thing is, this is going to sound so nerdy, but in my boss and I, every single day we have like a, catch up and uh-huh. we try to trick each other with like capital cities and he brought up uzbekistan the other day really and it was so ridiculous to me but my memory is terrible oh i'm gonna be so annoyed because i'm gonna find it after this and be like i knew that Oh. all right
0: three it'll come no two, it'll come up it'll come up one after- okay so yeah. the correct answer i have no idea how to pronounce it it's tashkent or tashkent i not gonna lie have not heard of it and i'll have to improve my geography skills because i have never heard of tashkent or tashkent all right now that we got that out of the way for whatever yeah. reason lizzie let's talk about <laughs> the Fords. um see, you, you gain much more knowledge here on this pod it, it's not just soccer you know now you know
1: it's the, never just
0: soccer. yeah the capital city of uzbekistan okay yeah. so Santi jimenez and raul jimenez the double key men is one with a G one with a J Lizzie, your thoughts. I feels like this makes sense. Um, you know, got to big back role. And like, especially since he's doing okay with, uh, with uh, Fulham and Santi, I mean, what, what can you say about him and his brilliant start to the season and, the era divisi obviously seems destined for a bigger club in the near future. But yeah, I'm pretty, pretty happy with, with both of them in the mix. And uh, hopefully something gets to start this weekend.
1: Yeah, I would do um, Santi for sure against Australia and then Raul against Uzbekistan. Um, I think my I'm very excited about both. Obviously, Henry Martin is missing another injury that we had during League yes. Cup, So that's yes. um, obviously an interesting situation. But my front line, again, would be Orélin, Santi, Antuna for the first game. And then Huerta, Raul. And I'm between Piojo and Vega. Yeah. I think my only thing with Alexis Vega and the game against Uzbekistan is his opportunity to prove me and a lot of other people wrong. But his physicality on the field just deteriorates so quickly that it's not a player you can constantly trust on but it's not the player yeah. you're choosing to bring in in the last 25 minutes of the game when you need a goal so his position like his inclusion becomes obsolete um but it might just be because prior he was returning from injury though he just did again so yeah. i don't know i'm intrigued to see him back on the field but my expectations may just be too high for him to meet. So, I I would depend on a Beaur before Vega and that's not to okay. say in their like in their moments of brilliance, I do think Vega has a higher ceiling and a, a wider skill set. But bringing the athleticism into the the conversation, it's not a player you can rely on constantly. And so that's why you have to have Bioko up to date with just what's going on, and that's why he gets called up in every single camp. It's just that player, reliable player to have. You yeah. you kind of know what's coming from him, whether you yes. like it or not. You know what's coming. So.
0: Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Did you know? It took me the longest time. Uh, speaking of Bioko, um, and I was like, oh, that's right. It's it's the louse. and I was like, oh. Lice is the plural version of Laos, and it took me up until Louse. my like mid-thirties.
1: Laos is to... the, the singular of lice?
0: Yeah, isn't that weird to think about? It took me until my thirties cause like, cause, when I, cause like, I knew what it, it was like, cause like when I was translating Byoko a while back, I was like, oh, that's like, you know, it's like a it's like a bug or a piece of like lice. I was like, wait, Laos is one lice, and lice is plural, and that's many Laos. I didn't know that until like well,
1: did you know that what the plural coles de sac is?
0: Of col of cul de sac? Wait, oh. there's a plural
1: yeah. What's what's called de sac.
0: Wait, so is
1: not at the end. It's cold de sac. Cold mm-hmm. de sac. It's a coles. No, no. Really? The plural is yeah, the uh-huh. s is not at the end. It's in oh. the beginning. Well what? in the middle. But so the it's... end of the person. What? Coles, the sack.
0: This has been a very informative podcast. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it, it
1: just, yeah, that's another one that shocked me. So I figured I'd bring it to
0: table. Well, I think that's probably a good way to end the pod if we're talking about plural versions of uh, Laos and Coles the sack. But Lizzie, any other thoughts on the Mexico roster on the upcoming Mexico games against Australia and Uzbekistan, um, or anything in, in the soccer world?
1: I love the added of the soccer world because we really could have gone anywhere with that. We we could
0: have gone, but I guess it is a soccer podcast. (laughs)
1: Um, No, I am intrigued. I'm also not putting too much pressure on anything that happens during these next two games. Yeah, we
0: definitely Um, shouldn't. Yeah. Agreed.
1: Yeah. um, I don't like, I, Whatever happens, I don't think is a signal of something greater, as we like not we, but the fan base likes to analyze and look into. Um no, I just I want I want to see what works and what doesn't, but emphasis also on what doesn't. Because that's a learning lesson in and of itself. Though people don't like to see mistakes, they often lead to greater things. So I I want to see this test. I want to see how it does. I want to see. How new players mesh and how we do without the european figures abroad well hmm. half of the european figures abroad
0: well i can't wait to read the mexican sports newspapers this weekend what inevitably it'll be like fracaso, fracaso or like yeah, you or like,
1: gana. like, gana. Gana. like exclamation yeah. mark
0: there you go gana, or gana gusta y golea just like i was like oh let's let's, let's go in between gana, pero no bien. there you go yeah <laughs> <laughs> And then it's an image. Actually, it'll be the Lamborghini like crashing into a wall, like a little, like that's that's and the image
1: you have Jimmy going with <laughs> yeah, them sure. in one random moment of the game when they're
0: winning. <laughs> yeah. But yes, yeah, so I think that's a good way to end it. Yeah, just let's it's let's not overanalyze this, let's not overthink this too much. I think it's a good test, it's a good experiment for L3 coming up, and uh. Let's treat it that way. And uh but yeah, I'm curious to see how things go. But as for us, uh yeah, I think that wraps things up. Apologies again for us taking a while to come back. Lizzie and I were both very busy. I mean, she was literally covering a World Cup. And for me, uh the League's Cup was a, a lot more Which was, I was a lot more I was a lot more busy than I thought it would be during the Leagues Cup and then yeah. I had the World cup. And yeah, so that was a there was there was a lot going on, but but yeah, uh apologies but we're back um to bring you state capitals and telling you about what (laughs) plural things are and about louse and and mice and Anyway, i guess that's it (laughs) all right thanks everybody and yeah we'll see oh oh, go ahead what was that
1: we've enjoyed it we've enjoyed it all (laughs)
0: we'll see you on the next episode all right see you all around